Welcome to the Black Delegates Podcast. Today's episode 43. Man, this year has gone by fast. I remember we started this, it was like January. Yep. And uh, almost been a year already. So, uh, how you been doing? Well, I guess real intros. Uh, I am the Black Ryan, and uh, Paul is not here this evening. Uh, he is out serving our country. Uh, y'all know, you know, he's, you could probably catch him on TV, uh, running beside the, uh, secret service motorcade as they bring, uh, uh, president Bush senior's body, uh, to the Capitol. That's what I'm thinking he's doing right now. I always make up some kind of a mission for him to be on when he go out of town <laughs> on these secret missions. All right. And the truth is he's probably in some broom closet, sorting through <laughs> files or something right. like that. Counting paper clips. Making sure we paid enough for him. All right. And uh, the other voice you hear on the line is the man that if you see him on a two-on-one break, give him the ball because he probably can score. Ghetto Fidon. What's good, man? What's good? What's good? Definitely can score. It's no probably. Yep, yep. I, I know I got a lot of pickup basketball assists off of kicking it up to you on a three-on-one because I was just like, <laughs> one way or another, he's going to at least shoot the rock. <laughs> <laughs> so get the rebound, couple dribbles, kick it up the court, get my assist. Right. All right. So uh, how was your week, man? It's just us. So yeah, we'll jump jump right yeah. into it. The week in blackness. So my my week was good, man. Week was was extra black. I actually got almost too many things to talk about. Uh-oh. So I'll, I'll pare it down. Oh no, you got pause really... time. So feel free. <laughs> Now, I'm going to really focus on today, because today is probably one of the blackest days I done had in the last 15 to 20 years. Wow. Okay. Now. So, over the weekend, had, you know, family come over for dinner. That was cool. Actually also had, like, a, a camera crew come through uh, doing a secret project. I can't really disclose more than Uh-oh. that, uh, but y'all will hear about that in the future. Okay. So. Have fam over with some cameras over. Uh, also, this weekend, I made my comeback uh, on the court. You know, the the wrist is healed up. We got the the cast off several weeks ago. The doctors cleared me, uh, so got back on the court. Actually, did have somebody bump my wrist and it made a cracking sound. Really, but all was Dang. all was good. Yeah, it was uh, it was a false call or a false alert. Yeah. Uh, so all good with that. But, like I said, I'm going to focus on today. And I uh, told you a couple weeks ago about a little bad kid at church was throwing up rocks in the air, dent at my yeah. trunk. So I finally got the bread, actually yesterday, uh, Sunday at church. Got the money, so I took my car in today, dropped it off at the auto body place to get fixed. And I was have been talking to the wife. We were trying to figure out, all right, my car is going to be in the shop a couple days. I'm all going to get to and from work and all that. And uh, the shop opened the same time she had to be at work. So I was like, I don't want you to be late. She's one of the only uh, us at her job. <laughs> so I don't want to give them no excuse. I don't want them to be like, oh, you the late black. No, no, no. I said, don't worry about it. I done rode the bus before. Wow. I ride the bus. Wow. Before. You did it. And, and it was convenient. I did, and it was convenient because there was a bus stop right across the street from the auto place that took me all the way down near my job, 
Then I just hopped on one of them little lime scooters for a five-minute ride. Bam, no problem. But, you know, especially. I know you did it just for the show. You did it just for the show, didn't you? In the back of your mind, you was like, this is definitely going to be a week in blackness. I got to do this. No, let me, well, the reason I did it is because initially I was just going to rent a whip, you know, um, and the prices were just, I, was, I wasn't trying to pay oh, okay. that. It was looking like $100 for them two days. I was like, eh, I really, I right, can't do it, but I just don't want to do it. Uh, well, I mean, I looked, I mean, there was some like 70 but after taxes and stuff, it was going to end up being about $100. Oh, okay. So I didn't want to do that. I said, you know, once I saw the bus and it, the time frame matched up, I'm like, cool. So did that. You know, St. Louis is a little different from like New York and big cities. There, everybody rides a bus. And St. Louis is pretty much black folks or po folks. And crazy people. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, got to witness a lot of interesting uh, people on the bus, but nothing too crazy popped off. Uh, once I did get down to my stop, where I got onto my scooter, it was a homeless guy came up and, you know, I knew he was going to ask for some bread, but he was, he was kind of smooth about it. Came up, he saw me getting onto the lime scooter. He's like, Hey, you know, I got, I got a cold. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You ain't say you was riding a lime scooter too. (laughs) Yeah. I said, once it got me, it got me downtown. I missed it. My bad. And then once I got off downtown, I was probably, I wasn't too far from work, but it's today it was cold. It was 35 Freezing. degrees probably at yeah. that point. So I'm like, I can either walk for 15 <laughs> minutes or I can hop on this scooter and it take me five minutes. So hop, or I was getting a scooter, the homeless guy, you know, came up, said he had a, a promo code to get it free. Which <laughs> I was cool. Like, okay. if you got it, hey, I'm, I'll am give you this, you know, couple dollars instead of giving it to line. That's no problem. Okay. So I'm talking with him. The promo code didn't work. He told me he had a promo code for the uh, the bird scooters, but it was none nearby. So I was like, look, I appreciate your help, whatever. Gave him, you know, like whatever, $2 I had. Went about my way. So uh, the next thing that happened to me, I went to the bank because I work at a black place. I still get a paper check. Oh, oh that's trash. I still get a paper Dude, check. Dude, I'd be complaining about that every week if I was you. Man, like when I started there, we actually did have direct deposit and they said the bank was taking it out too soon or something. So they just stopped doing it. So they ain't got enough money to cover them payrolls. I got it. Yeah. That's pretty black. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so I'm like, okay. So I went to the, I still had to go to the bank. Uh, went to the bank. When I get to the bank, there's this old lady. It's probably in her 80s. And she's just yelling and going off on the bank teller. Just, you know, just they just going back and forth at each other. And the ladies, the bank teller's calling her a thief, telling her she can't help her out. She need to get out the bank. The lady's like, I'm not going nowhere. This is my money. I've been here for 23 years. You're not about to talk to me like that. It honestly looked like they were about to start scrapping. If the lady didn't have a walker. But they didn't, they didn't fight. I'm sure people are wondering, you know, how I'm getting around. I had a work vehicle that I could use, you know, during my work hours. So I went to McDonald's real quick, had to get some lunch. I, the lady tells me, of course, oh, I'm sorry, we're not accepting cards right now. We're only accepting cash. 
place your order if you got cash. It's a rare time I just happen to have some cash on me, right? So I'm like, okay. don't worry about it. That's fine. Place my order. I drove up to the window, and I see this young lady. She has a pen, a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and an iPhone set to the calculator. I guess her computers were down. <laughs> so she what? Was taking the orders by hand, and she was calculating the cost by hand. Like, she's literally adding up the cost. And I guess they must have given her the formula for the taxes. And so she wrote down my order. That's actually pretty impressive Not impressive nowadays. She, Yeah, she wrote down the numbers, you know, tabulated it up on the little iPhone calculator. So I'm like, she must be the math. But the girl was, you know, probably 16 years old, mm-hmm. 17 years old. So I'm like, she must be the one with an A in math. <laughs> So the fact that McDonald's was taking orders, I guess the computer system was down. They were taking them by hand uh, with, with pen and paper and an iPhone. Do, do, do you really, do you really need both? <laughs> I mean, either you're doing yeah, it by pen yeah. and paper or you're using an iPhone. Hey, it should work. You got to double check it. You got to double check it. <laughs> Why do the math then? <laughs> got to double check so that that was my day. So, uh, but what about yours? How how was your day or your week? Dog, you told it like it was just a you know it was a cool time. But had all that stuff happening, I would have had a lot of complaints, man. So I commend you. <laughs> I commend you for going through that day back in the Stone Age. You was just riding around like Raj from What's Happening. You on a scooter. <laughs> you going to the bank. You know, was was people all waving at you when you went down the street, and then you stop and do a dance. <laughs> it's definitely if you had some eighties theme music. That would have been a, a right. nice little intro for you. Right. It's like an 80 sitcom yeah, yeah. right there. That's cool. That's cool. My week, um, as I told you last week anyway, off air, I don't think I said it on the podcast, I am scheduled to preach for the entire month of December. So gotcha. I get to church. All is well. I'm, uh, you know, I do my, my pregame. You know, usually what I do, I really shut everything out. I'm kind of just chilling. I'm I'm in the basement all day on Saturday. Try to stay quiet, you know, uh, uh, not talk about it too much, you know, make sure I'm listening to sermons, things like that while I'm doing things throughout the week. Uh, that's my pregame ritual. I warm up for it. So I was already finished up Saturday. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I woke up um, eh, not really early on Sunday, but I woke up and I, I'll usually go back over the sermon again, make sure. I ain't, you know, if I have any last minute ideas, I could throw them in there or, you know, things like that. Get to church. Now, when you're doing the sermon, when you're doing your warm up, when you're doing your pregame, uh-huh. do you rock a headband? Because I know back <laughs> in the day in hooping, you had the headband. Do you wear that for like inspiration to get you amped up? No, no I don't. Because a headband for me is functional, not fashionable. So I wore the headband to keep the sweat out of my eyes, literally. So uh, I don't need that with the with the sermon. I don't sweat. That ain't me. Uh, I do catch a hot flash when I'm done, though. I don't know what that's about, but uh, I just get real hot, and then it goes away. This is strange. It's the spit. Gotcha. The spirit yeah, leaving. It's, it's the like, spirit. All right, we, I'm done here. Just, yeah, yeah. Just I'm good while I'm up there, but as soon as I'm done, it get hot as a mug, no matter mm-hmm. what I got on. So uh, I get there. I'm like, yeah, let me bring my cup. I'm prepared. I got some water for afterwards. You know, so I can, you know, I'm always, like I said, I get hot, so I want to make sure I have some water. Uh, Right. I walk in, told uh, 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 Mr. Russell, I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, I got to preach, so 
I think we was doing like offering at this point. We sometimes we go out of order, and I'm like, yeah, let me. Uh, I said, let me run to the bathroom right quick because I don't want to be distracted when I get up there because I gotta preach. And he was like, oh, okay. And so I'm waiting, you know, to get in the bathroom. It's just a, a single single bathroom type of deal. And he come back there. And he's like, yeah, uh, I just talked to pastor, and you're not supposed to preach today. I'm like, I, I don't preach today. <laughs> Like wow. she, she told me that I preached all of December. And he was like, uh, but no, uh he, she's he's like, This other other minister's supposed to preach. And I was like, Okay, well, you know, no no big deal either way. But I was like, Well, as far as I know, I'm supposed to preach. And then uh Pastor came back there and she was like, Oh yeah, I, I thought I told you that you're not gonna preach the first week in December, but you get after that and then the first week in January. I'm like, eh, no. <laughs> That's not what the text said. Well, I think she oh. said it originally, like at a Bible study. She was just like, "Oh, by the way, you preached the whole month of December," and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then after that, that was it. And we, you know, she texts one time for inspiration and direction, and she it still said December. I went back and checked. So, nope, didn't have to preach. So I guess now I'm a week ahead. Wow. Not bad, not bad. I'm I'm not upset about it. It's not a big deal, you know. If it was time for me to preach, it'll be time for me to preach. If not, maybe uh, I'm not supposed to do it that week, and I'm gonna do something else. So. That was. Now, did, did you feel like you were benched? Did you feel like the coach was like, "Nah, we're not gonna play you this game." Dog, I will. I mean, it does feel like, you know, like when you got a game and then like the other team forfeit, and you're like, "Dang!" Like I was ready to hoop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was ready to go. Like I already to work up a lather. I'm, I'm in the zone right now. I'm ready. I'm focused. And now nah, then then you don't go, and you're just like, "Dang, can I can I go somewhere else and preach?" <laughs> like I feel like I need to get this out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, I guess the only other thing was like the the minister that preached. He kind of preached on one of my topics that I was gonna do for the month, and I'm like, dang, like he kind of he kind of on my topic. I mean, I was gonna talk about it probably a little bit differently, but still the same topic. And I generally don't come back over somebody's that quick right after. And I talked to him about it. He's like, man, go ahead and preach it. He's like, you you gonna come with something different anyway? So he's like, go ahead. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think about it. Yeah, man, go for it. Do it. Do it better. Have a take that as a challenge. You stole your time. I try not to do so that, now but you got to put it down better. Hey, but realistically, man, I do be thinking that way. <laughs> <laughs> challenge. I'm like, oh, I sure wish I could go right up, right behind him and preach his sermon. <laughs> <laughs> See who's better. That's just how I am, man. I'm competitive. I know it's probably it's probably evil. God probably yeah, like, what's dude, wrong? You with be you? throwing you be throwing jabs in your uh, sermons like LL on. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, tell the Titan Club with the big mouth, (laughs) the pulpit is closed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely like that. I I wouldn't even be mad about it, man. But everybody else try to be cool about it, so I'll never say nothing. But in my mind, but it's always a competition. Yes, that's pretty much my week, man. I ain't do nothing. I was, I was kind of, kind of stuck, but. You know, it is what it is. I'll, I'll be ready on Sunday. Got you, got you. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and, and slide on in, move on. Let's see, we got comments and feedback. Did you see anything on the iTunes, any reviews nothing, or Apple Nothing Podcasts? on the iTunes, man. I am disappointed in our listeners. Disappointed. I know for a fact I talked to somebody and told them how to get the podcast and then said, hey, go ahead and rate that five stars, and I don't see it on here. So that's kind of messed up. 
Especially, yeah, maybe they are procrastinated too. You say you procrastinate maybe. on your sermons. Maybe they procrastinating on the five stars. But listeners, if you're out there, if you haven't rated the podcast yet, go ahead over to Apple Podcasts. You can go to Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever area that you listen to the Black Delegates on. Make sure you give us a rating. Also, good time just to throw out our social media stuff. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Black Delegates. There's an underscore between Black and Delegates. So make sure you hit us up. Give us feedback. Give us ratings. Uh, let us know what you think about the show. I did get one, you know, me with the black folks. We like to do things uh, not so technologically advanced. <laughs> so I get feedback just mouth to mouth. All right. uh, I got one one piece today. It was a complaint about the black riot. Sorry to say. Uh-oh. But uh, a, a listener told me, they said, why does the black riot? always get on Paul or me, he said occasionally me, said, why is he so quick to snap on Paul for cussing or to say something to you for cussing, but he just be cussing up a storm. Oh, stop it. And he don't say nothing about himself. And I said, whoa. I said, I don't remember Ryan really cussing like that, but they was talking about the N-word. They said, oh, he use the N-word kind of freely. So I said, I relate a message. Let you respond if you have a response. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about that, and occasionally, yeah. And then it got a little more than it should be, because I generally don't say it that much, and I noticed I was saying it a lot on the podcast. So I did say I was going to either bleep it out, silence it totally, if I do say it, because sometimes you got to say it. I mean, we already not cussing. What you expect? (laughs) I got to be able to say something, you know? So uh, if necessary, I will use the N-word, but I will try not to use it because I I don't want to have to... I don't want to have to edit it straight up. That's the reason. <laughs> we all we all know some of us are saying it. Some of us don't say it. It's up to you. I feel uh, some type of way about it sometimes in company. But if it's just us, I really don't have a problem with it. That's just me. So right, we'll see. Right. I'll, I'll uh, right. make up my mind on a case-by-case basis whether or not it stays in there. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. That. But don't be offended. It could be worse. All right. All right, well, slide on to the first topic, I guess. Yep, yep. First topic, rain, sleet, or snowfall. I was uh, checking out some news stories in a case in Atlanta. Atlanta says a, a, US, yeah. a, a U.S. attorney's office said that uh, drug traffickers bribed 16 postal workers to deliver drugs to designated addresses. <laughs> And you know, this would only happen in Atlanta. Or at least this is the only place they're going to do the sting operation. So, apparently all these people are uh, looking at sentences between three and nine years in federal prison for bribing uh, postal workers to deliver cocaine while on their routes. Uh, they said the people took as little as $250, man. $250? That's it, bro. You work for the government, man. $250? Ah. <sighs> I, you got at least you got at least get more money than this, Ishmael. <laughs> would you traffic drugs <laughs> while on your government <laughs> job? <laughs> Please feel free to uh, incriminate yourself. On my government job, let's see. No, I would never what? traffic drugs ever. <laughs> Not, I, no, man. Um, I would. I would hope not. 
as I think I've said before, I think everybody has a price for something. Right. So if somebody offered me some crazy outlandish amount of money, who knows what I would say, but I don't think so. Uh, I will say about this particular story, the part that bothers me, it reminds me of the tennis shoe story, the, the tennis shoe truck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they put the truck in the hood with a bunch of shoes, they opened it up, and then they tried to arrest people that came to get the shoes. It's like, to me, this is entrapment. Like, if you think that, if you found out that you got postal workers delivering drugs, go find those postal workers that are delivering drugs. Like, why do you have to go to all the the postal workers, and I'm sure this is in certain neighborhoods, of course. Of course. They go into the black neighborhoods. They go into the black postal workers, and they're making them this offer they can't refuse, especially you probably getting close to the holidays. Uh, postal workers, you know, they're trying to take care of their family. You come, hey, man, I'm going to give you 5000 or I'll give you 1000 Like you said, somebody took two fifty um, to deliver this package. And some people are going to bite that opportunity when it's there, but they never would seek out that opportunity on their own. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so just the fact that they did it that way, I, I didn't really like it. But at the same time, like you said, that's that's not a job you can really play around like that. I, so what, what did you think about it? Now, the one problem that I have with this story is the, the U.S. Postal Service are not held accountable for nothing else. <laughs> nothing ever. Just came from the post office this afternoon. They can deliver their packages if they feel like it. They can ring your doorbell if they feel like it when they have a package. They don't have to deliver your mail. They don't have to remember if they delivered your mail. They they may just be they on the phone when they come to you deliver your mail. They don't respond when you say something to them. They can do whatever they want. And then the, there's no there's no nothing nobody to answer to. But now all of a sudden we got rules for the for the postal workers. <laughs> you know what what do, what don't you expect them to be doing if they not held accountable for nothing else? I guarantee yeah, the post they, office workers are the kingpins of our society. <laughs> yeah, remind me of of uh, the Narcos stuff. I was just watching Narcos Mexico, Mexico, and uh, it reminded me a lot. I mean, they paid a lot of government workers to do their dirty work. So uh, postal workers are technically government workers. So it doesn't surprise me that this happened. I'm, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often or that we don't hear oh, stories like this. More often. They're not held accountable, so there's no way to catch them. <laughs> right, right. Next story, which is the biggest story uh, of the week, something very interesting. Um, MSNBC uh, recently talked about a study by the Brookings Institute. Is it an institute? I believe so. Where they were talking about the uh, devaluation of the black homes uh, in black neighborhoods, uh, basically the houses in the black neighborhoods have been, uh, over the years devalued by some 23%, 23%, man, that's, that's a lot of money. And overall, they said that's about on average, uh, per home, $48,000. Uh, so if you've got a, a house that's, they tell you is worth a hundred thousand, if it, if you were white and you lived in a white neighborhood, it'd be worth one hundred and forty eight thousand. So think about that. That's that's a lot of money. And overall, they said uh, cumulatively, that's about one hundred and fifty six billion dollars in losses in the black community. 
about half of those uh, says fifty uh, percent of blacks are valued uh, at half the price of the homes in neighborhoods with no black residents. Fifty percent. That's half. Man, that's 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 uh, one of those stories, man. That really uh, again shows the disparity in the communities of, of blacks and and non blacks. So. Um, it's a, it's a long, we'll put this in the show notes so you can see the video. It's about a uh, 20 minutes where the guy really breaks down, uh, everything that's occurring. And I just wanted to bring this topic up just so we can talk about it and kind of get a, uh, I mean, get our points of view and see what we thought maybe be causing it or, uh, or what was going on there. What'd you think about it? Yeah. I mean, honestly, reading this story was one of those things where it was like, yeah, like, and what? Like, I already knew this, basically. Like, what? Um, it didn't surprise me whatsoever. I mean, it's it's good that they did a report like this, so you actually have numbers back to support this. Mm-hmm. But especially in St. Louis, where you and I are from, redlining is something that has been done for decades and decades. And right. uh, for people who are not aware of what redlining is, basically... Uh, when it comes to real estate, either the real estate agents or I don't know if mortgage it's officials, mortgage companies, yeah, all of them, they basically draw a red line. They used to do this literally on the map, take a red pen and they would like draw a circle around the black neighborhoods. And it's like any black person or family that tried to move outside of those boundaries. If you're trying to move into uh, a white neighborhood, you couldn't get a loan. Like the mortgage companies wouldn't give you a loan or the real estate agents would not let you view that house or they would not put a contract on that house for you. Even if you had the money, even if you didn't need a loan, they basically would block you that way. So uh, redlining, has been successful and that we have very segregated societies. And just because of that reason, I mean, same thing with gentrification is like they, well, gentrification is a little bit separate, but just white flight is what I meant to say is that once black people start to move in the area, the white people move out and then that drives the property value down. So this is all, this all has to start with just racism, inherent racism, uh, that runs this. And I know this personally. Well, I'll go ahead and kick it back to you. I'll, I'll come back later. But uh, what do you think about that or what are, were your thoughts on it? So this topic had came up in one of the uh, the other group chat uh, with my friends from college in Memphis. And I had the same thought as you where I was saying it's based on racism, it's based on white flight. And that's why the value goes down, because, you know, the, the people with the most, uh, I guess, assets or generational wealth, they move, they have the tax money, and, you know, things kind of collapse from there. Because if it's a less desirable, uh, to me, the housing market is based on supply and demand. If there's a, right. a, 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 the supply is lower in a neighborhood because people want to stay there, then the demand is high for that area, the price goes up. That's how it Hello, works. New York. Right. right. And so, uh, but... The people in the group chat, they were saying that it was more based on, um, and I won't be able to give their point the way they gave it because I don't agree with it, but uh, they were mostly saying like, we don't value our own neighborhoods. And I think there's a point to that where 
the demand is also low or the value is low because we don't want to live in those neighborhoods either. And there, there's something to that. And, uh, and I agree to that. What do, you, what do you think about that point? Yeah, I think it, there's truth to that, but it's one of those things of what came first, the chicken or the egg. Right. Because the black folks that don't want to live in those areas, it's not because it's other black folks. It's because the property value is low. It's because, you know, my example I was going to give was my grandmother's house. Like my grandmother, they bought a nice house out in uh, North County, like Spanish Lake area. In the 80s, I don't know what they paid for the house. I, I feel like it was around 150000 or something like that. I could be totally making it up. But back in the in the day, it was a nice house. I know they spent some money on it. And then when my grandmother passed away some, you know, several years ago, that property value had dropped to less than $50,000. Oh, wow. You know, and that was all because that area, just the property in that area were worth a lot less because more black people had moved out to that area. What when area they is that? In, they were one uh, Spanish Lake, okay. like Bell Fountain neighbors, Spanish Lake, which used to be it's predominantly like, white in St. Louis. Yeah, when and they then, moved out there, yeah. I think they were the second black family in that area. And then now it's, it is predominantly black. And so it lost you know, from my guesstimation, two thirds of the value just over that, whatever, 20, 25, 30 year span. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, my uh, grandparents' neighborhood when it, or the neighborhood I grew up in over in Bell Ridge and Normandy area was, I would say it was probably half and half growing up, you know, white families and black families on the block. And slowly and slowly it became all black. To the point where, you know, I didn't I didn't know too many white people that lived over there when I was a teenager and in high school and, and going to college. So, uh, yeah, definitely home values went down. Um, for example, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Dave, you know him. So he, he just recently got a house and he moved out to West County. And I was talking to him and I was like, what? You moved out the city because he was he was always dedicated to the city. And, right. and uh, he was just like, no, I never move. Like, I like it down here, blah, blah, blah. And he said, man, he's like, I just got tired, man. He's like, you know, he's like, you get tired of fighting for everything you got. He's like, I want to live in a neighborhood where it's okay to have a Cadillac and a Maxima. And right. you ain't got to keep having to worry about it. And I was just like, dude, I, I get that. But right. does that then attribute to? the value of our neighborhoods going down when the, the quote unquote best of us are the top earners or the, um, you know, people with the, um, man, I don't want to say this, but it is what it is. Uh, the people with the, um, the, a good financial mindset where we're trying to uh, put money into our homes or we can put money into our homes. We're trying to better our, our homes and, and reap the benefits of that value. Uh, have to move or do move on our own. I mean, how does how does that affect the value? I'm I'm sure it helps it plummet. So I, I think it's it's probably you know two thirds of it being white flight, um, and then the other third probably on us. Oh yeah, because I mean, people who can move, you know, have that upward mobility, you know, they're gonna move. The thing with redlining was it didn't even allow those people to move. Now we have a little more mobility. We're still restricted in certain ways, but we have more uh, mobility as black and brown people. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, it's a systematic thing. When you look at school districts, you know, they pull funding from 
uh, the black districts to where they don't have as, as much. Uh, a lot of times you see property taxes go up higher in black neighborhoods than they do in the white neighborhoods when you're looking at percentage wise. So it's just a lot of different things. Um, and like, for instance, that, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. So like, for instance, it says here, uh, you know, homes of a similar quality in neighborhoods with similar amenities. So this is not where we talking about the ghetto and, you know, some penthouse. We talking about the same everything, same uh, schools, same uh Bedrooms, same square footage, all of that. Same everything, 23% less. Right. Just because it's black folks. I'm surprised it's not a bigger disparity than that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I could see that too. Definitely. Um, yeah, but I mean, I guess when the 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 dollar has power. And that's that's where that that value is. I mean, I think in the conversation in the in the group chat, there was a lot of talk about value and how our value uh, we didn't value ourselves as much as we should. And that's why it was it was hurting our value in our neighborhoods. But I don't think in this case, this is strictly about about finance. This is about money. And that's it. I don't think it's about uh, us valuing ourselves in, in that sense. Uh, is that a portion of society that doesn't value themselves in a non-financial sense? Yes. But in this case, we're, we're simply talking about uh, dollars and cents and that's it. And in that case, even, even on equal footing, we're not getting the, the, the money for our, our properties. And what they'll do is they'll eventually they'll bottom out our neighborhoods and then yep. they'll move from there. Uh, here we go from, we've gone from, uh, uh, in the city and then everybody moved to North County and then everybody moving to West County. Then everybody's moving to Wildwood and O'Fallon. And now everybody's going to go back downtown because they've already plummeted the values of everything downtown and in the city. And then the white people will move back there and it'll be trendy again to live downtown. Mm. Right. And then it will yes, repeat it again. One of those things. If, if you look at somebody who sold their house in the city, let's say they moved out and, who knows? 1985, they moved out of the city, sold their house, let's say, for 130000 moved up north. Now they can move back in the city today, buy that house for $18,000. Right. Yeah, it'd be pretty cheap. <clears throat> Fix it up a little bit, and then bam, like you you just you had a big come up off of that. So that's what's happening, man. But uh, like I said, it just surprised me that the numbers are aren't as big as I would have suspected. Now, we are still able to, if we want to, go buy those plots of land and houses for $18,000, fix up the house and everything there, too. But the thing is, is that the amenities and all those things that everybody would want, those things aren't brought into those neighborhoods until until the whites move back. Right? Until right. those affluent people, um, quote-unquote affluent, until they, they're, them and their backers say, okay, well, now we're going to do this and we're going to, we're going to build a mall. We're going to change the mall down here. We're going to make this uh, condos and high rises and all this kind of stuff. And then once that starts happening, then yeah. But if too many black people move there, all of a sudden nobody else wants to move there. Hey, Starbucks is the first thing. That's how when you, you see a Starbucks. Gentrification about yeah, that. Yeah. Starbucks pop up. It's going down. Yeah. That's how it went down in, uh, in Harlem and in, in New York. Right. 
They they start doing that. Amazon coming in to to the Whole city. Whole Foods, baby. Yeah, Whole Foods yeah. come in and and it's okay. White people will be back and you'll be gone. <laughs> Unfortunately. That's all I had on that unless you had something else. No, I think we yeah, we beat that one to death. All right. So uh let us know what y'all think if you if you think it's uh it's more of a is it is it our fault? Is it the black people's fault, the black community's fault that we are not uh taking control and investing all of our dollars and manpower into uh our communities or uh do you feel that it's uh, uh partly to blame of somebody else where you know white flight is real and it does have a a huge effect on our community uh let us know yeah, I, I, i'm I, interested to find out what other people think yeah and i will this is a brief add-on now that you said that i mean it's possible for communities especially communities of color to come together and kind of own that community in that type of way like st louis outside of bosnia and herzegovina herzegovina st louis has the largest population of bosnians in the world i believe and like that bosnian population when they came over during the war a lot of them have really built a community like in south city south county and they have businesses they have restaurants they have uh, stores, grocery stores, and things like that. So oh, and I, I think, hear the white people complaining about it at my old job. <laughs> the Bosnians, the Bosnians, like, oh wow, right. But I, I think they do. They stick together, so it's possible to really build a community like that and and have it work. But you gotta have that togetherness. Yeah, like, can't have that crabs in a bucket mentality like we got. Yep, yep. So okay. All right, we can slide on over to the next topic. You can handle that next one. That's yours. Yeah, let me get to it. Let me get to it. What is next? So, all right, we got two little lighthearted topics. Uh, we, we went on about uh, racial disparities and housing and all that. So, we're going to lighten it up a little bit. I'm sure many of you have seen this story because it, it really has gone viral. But Southwest Airlines. Is apologizing. They took a little flack recently because the boarding agent at Southwest had the audacity, audacity to make fun of a little white girl's name. What is this little white girl's name, you ask? Did they make fun of Becky? Did they make fun of Mariah? Did they make fun of Tessa? No, no, no. That wasn't it. The girl's name is Absidy. <laughs> what? <laughs> and to everybody else, her name is A B C D E. Uh now right. <laughs> if you were working at the Southwest Gate and you saw the name A B C D E, would you make fun of it? Ah. Uh. What should have happened was you definitely should have made fun of the parents because the parents are idiots. You're an idiot if you name your daughter that you know good and well she's going she's going to catch it for the rest of her life. When she walks across the stage, if she ever graduates from anything, and likelihood of that happening pretty low. But then again, rich people name their kids something silly too cuz they're just trying to be the first. But first of all, nobody knows how to pronounce it. 
<laughs> Nobody knows how to pronounce because right, clearly you 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 were shocked when you heard me say Absidy. Yeah, because I had to read it again before the podcast, and I was thinking, was it is Absidy? No, Absidy. That's terrible. Yeah, they they her, her parents should be brought up on charges of some kind. <laughs> we need a charge for stupidity these days. Just some just some community service just for being stupid. Yeah, and and the way that. Let me make it clear. The Southwest agent, it's not like they got on the microphone and they're just like, Absidy, A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> but they took a picture of the confirmation information and posted it on their social media. As every and single so. one of us would have. <laughs> exactly. Me and my wife send, send uh, crazy names back and forth every day. <laughs> like, right. Look at this. Now, the one thing I am happy to say about this story is she wasn't black. I'm happy she exactly. wasn't black. I was so exactly. worried she was black. I'm like, look at us, man. We out here getting embarrassed. But nope, right. wasn't uh, us this time. Woo. Yeah, it was like one of those stories when, when you see there's some heinous crime been committed or, you know, shooting or whatever. And you're like, please oh, don't be black. Please black. don't be black. Please don't black. be black. <laughs> it, was one, it was one of those situations. I saw A, B, C, D, E before I knew the pronunciation. I'm like, oh, what, what have we done now? Right. But no, it was this... Uh, it was this woman. What's her name? The last name is Redford. I don't see the mother's name, but yeah. If you name your child, and I'm not even gonna say Absidy yeah, because we're not saying that. that's stupid in itself. If you name your child A B C D E, <laughs> you know they're gonna get made fun of, right? And it's your fault. Right. It's not the child's fault. I got nothing against the little white girl. Don't nobody start writing in. Or uh, making petitions to shut us down because we're making fun of a little white girl. We're not making fun of the little girl. We're making fun of her mama for giving her that stupid name. Right. And so everything that she gets for the rest of her life is on you. <laughs> <laughs> right. She gonna need therapy for the rest of her life. Right. Gonna get bullied beyond uh, repair because, like, like what makes you name your daughter A B C D E? Hey man, when I name my kids. I sat up at, let's see, when I decided basically how I wanted to name my children when I had them, I was at college graduation. I believe probably my sisters at Maryville here also went to my brothers at Mizzou. And I was listening to the names as they walked across those stages to get those diplomas. And the white people were like, uh, you know, his name is, uh, it's, uh, uh, what's a good white name? Like, uh, Scott Tyler Tyler and some white last name and you know wasn't no big deal it was normal but when the black people got up there the man could barely pronounce their names <laughs> he pronounced it wrong or you know you could tell like man how they how they come up with that name I don't even know how to spell that like phonetically it don't even it don't seem right right you know these words don't rhyme on paper like cannabis said <laughs> so we i was like i'm not doing that to my children it was very important what i named my kids so middle uh from first name and middle name normal names couldn't do it no other way i mean i do have a yeah. couple friends of mine they have trouble we talked about this on other podcasts where you have trouble uh getting jobs and that won't be my kids you won't know they black till they walk in the door well i don't i don't have problems with kids having unique names uh, but I think you know I'm a I'm Ishmael and or Ish 
You know, people call me so when I was young, people, you know, ish the fish, ish make a wish. Ish I heard fish, all of this. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't have a normal uh everyday name like Ryan or Paul or anything <laughs> like that. So I'ma be a little more giving, forgiving when it comes to names. Like when I hear like blue ivy, like I like it. It's different. It's not there's you don't really see other blue ivy. Man, your but name can only be that when you're rich. It's just plain silly. I'm sorry. If, it's just silly. If you're rich, you can name your kids whatever you want because they don't need nobody and nothing. But No, but, well, here's my thing. is like, And your name is from the Bible. Look at, right. But when you look at – we both basketball fans, right? Yeah. And when you look at players who are known on a one-name basis, more times than not, the exception of, like, Jordan, which, you know, Michael and Jordan are both – pretty normal name yeah but more times than not people that are known on a one name basis they got unique names you look at lebron there's not a bunch of lebrons running around oh it probably is or even when they just had no chance because <laughs> <laughs> they won 680 and 320 <laughs> with court vision <laughs> and could jump out the gym right. Maybe, maybe the brickashaw ferguson they, wouldn't be it's a bunch of the brickashaws the but they probably in jail because they ain't have a chance. <laughs> Be careful with y'all naming y'all kids out here. Zion and college. It's all, it's, it ain't too many Zions running around. So hey, you better go. So to, you I'm better okay. Go <laughs> I'm okay with the unique names, but let's just all agree that A B C D E is a terrible name, and that mother should be shamed. She need, does she need to be shamed like the the white ladies who are calling the police on black people and ended up getting fired and kicked out of their house. Like that's what needs to happen. People, <laughs> right. so society just needs to shun Social her. Yeah. Like we gonna do a, a GoFundMe for the baby, but the mother, you gotta go. Yeah, man. It's I mean, it's it's weird me saying it now because my sister and my brother both have uh, unique names. And when I was little, I hated my name. I was like, I hated the name Ryan. All the black people always made fun of me that I had a white name, and uh, I used to get tired of that. And I was like, I wish I had a blacker name, but you know. It, it worked out for me, I guess. All right. All right. Well, let's get to the last story uh, over here. And this is going to be another. Well, this you gonna is going to run this audio. Like, sort of not. You're going to play this um, audio. You go ahead and play it if you got it queued up. Yeah. Mine, I can queue it up. Let's do it. Here we go. And if not, we can always edit it. Make sure it comes out clearly. Yeah, that's probably the best. Even in Lexington, the one my name is Hooky the Pookie I am six years old. When I grow up, I want to be a stripper. Alright. So, so if you guys could not understand, the little girl did have a a uh, bit of an accent, and uh-huh. she's six years old, so uh-huh. you know, sometimes six-year-olds are just a little hard to understand, yeah. but uh, she said her name. This was a, a kid's graduation. I, I, I imagine name. like a, a <laughs> kindergarten graduation. First grade, and, probably. Yeah, yeah, first Going grade. First grade. Um, and so they had the kids come up. They got their cap and gown on. They gave them the mic. They, they told them to say your name. And say what you want to be when you grow up. So this little girl says her name. 
which like you, Ryan, I didn't necessarily understand it. And she said, and when I grow up, I want to be a stripper. Man. And everybody bust out laughing in the graduation. So this has been going around social media. Of course, you got two camps. You got the people that are outraged, that are saying, this is ridiculous. What are we teaching our six-year-olds that that they want to be strippers? Why are we doing this? What is she? What are her parents showing her? And then you got the other people that are saying, kids just say the darndest things. It's funny. It's okay. She's not going to be a stripper. Ryan, where do you fall on this? I know that you got a little girl. You got girls. So how do you feel Dude, about this type I of situation? I do have a little girl. She is three. And I bet not catch her arching her back the wrong way. <laughs> or we go have a problem. I've seen a couple times. I'll be like, hold on. What you doing? Like, now I look too close to its work. Stop it. <laughs> but no. under Oh, man. So when I saw this, uh, I did not erupt with laughter. I did not smile because I was embarrassed. Embarrassed. Because first of all, the girl is six. She barely can pronounce her name because she's a little kid. Not not talking about any kind of intelligence or anything like that. Not saying that. But this is a situation where you got some parents probably that are exposing their child to way too much information. Nobody at six should know what a stripper is. My son does not know what a stripper is. I'm not talking about strippers around him. He ain't seeing no strippers. He don't know what strippers are. Are you taking your Are you taking your child to the strip club? Are you stripping? And then she asked you what you do, mommy, and you said I strip. What's a stripper, mommy? And did you go through the explanation? Because even then, keep that to yourself. Some things your, your kids don't need to know about you until they are grown and gone. Then you maybe can have some heart-to-hearts and tell them that you was a stripper when they were six. But they don't need to know when they six. And I just, you know, I ain't trying to shame the profession. It is what it is. Y- y'all do whatever you feel comfortable doing, I guess. But at the same time, don't expose your kids to stuff like that. Let them have a, a, a normal a normal childhood and be a child for as long as possible. Now, for me, so when I look at this, I feel like... This is a little girl. I feel like she has no idea what a stripper is. You think so? I feel like she has no clue in the world what a stripper is. She's heard the term stripper. She probably heard her mama uh, say stripper. She probably doesn't listen to some rap music or something where people talk about strippers. I think she's heard the word stripper, but I don't think she has any idea of what stripper is. Mm -hmm. And to Mm. me, this is one of those moments where it's just kids saying silly stuff that you laugh about. And, and and I do think that you do have to, as a parent, if you see this happen, I think you, you do have to laugh, have that embarrassed laugh. And I think you do have to reevaluate what type of content you're putting out there for your child. But for me, I'm not overreacting because a six-year-old says, I want to be a stripper. Because even when a six-year-old says, I want to be a fireman, I don't necessarily understand what a fireman does. They know they fight fires, maybe, but they don't they don't really understand the intricacies. Are you when you were six years old? Did you want to be what you are today? Did you want to host the Black Delegates podcast today when you were six? Is that what you told your mama? No, 
told her something else. My mom want to be a police officer. Now you hate police officers. <laughs> <laughs> you despise them. I've never said no. that. No. <laughs> just kidding, right? Just kidding. I'm putting words in you. But I'm I'm not, and you know me, I'll, I'm one of the first people to get offended about stuff. But to me, it's just a little kid saying something funny, something that the mother can pull out 10 years from now when she goes on her first date and play for her little boyfriend. Well, maybe that's not maybe that's Bro. not what you want to play for the boyfriend <sighs> at 16. Okay, here's here's my rebuttal to what you're saying. Cool, not cool. <laughs> Dude, if you don't get out of here with that. First of all, anybody that that at that age that says what they want to be when they grow up, they've seen them doing something. They've seen them on a cartoon. They've seen them on TV. They've heard them heard about their heroic tales. Now, if she's heard all those things about strippers, we got a problem. She shouldn't know I nothing. Heard the Cardi she should, album. She, so she heard. I don't know what's the new stripper song. I'm not even sure. But whatever it is, your kids shouldn't know about it. And you know, I, I'm even more embarrassed that a room full of people laugh like that. Because I would have covered my face and sunk down, slumped down in my seat. Because that's embarrassing for all black people. We can do better. And it, it, oh, it, it is embarrassing. And I think the, the people laughed because they knew that that was so embarrassing for the parent. Like, it was so unexpected. The first time I watched it, I bugged up. I started dying laughing. And, again, I'm not advocating, like, oh, this little girl should be a stripper. Or, oh, that that it's okay that she has heard this or that she said this. No, she shouldn't have said it. No, it's not okay. The parents going to have to deal with it. But to me, it's just one of those things where a kid doesn't understand what they're saying. You got two youngins. I'm sure your kids say some stuff that they should not say that they don't necessarily have the understanding. And then you have to teach them, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. We don't do that. <laughs> your little boy, he, he might have listened to the podcast. And he busts out, hey, <laughs> no. And you're like, whoa, hey, no, you can't, you can't do that N word. No N word, son. No, this podcast is not for him. <laughs> no, I thought podcast. you said it was it was family friendly. Yeah, family of an older age, not for <laughs> you know, you would you be able to listen to it with your with your teen or preteens, but no, I'm not in the five year old. No, he doesn't listen to it, I don't think. Unless my wife playing in know. the car. But yeah, you better, you better, you better check his tablet, check his iPhone. I don't know. He doesn't know because I don't. I don't say the N word around him either, so he has no idea. But um, yeah, That's man, we think. kids have an idea though. If you say stuff, even if you don't say it around them, or you try not to say it around them, if you say it, your kids probably heard it. But you know what he um, he said he wanted to be a firefighter at one point in time, probably when he was a little bit younger. He wanted to be a firefighter, so yeah. Because you know why? Because he saw a firefighter. He saw them driving that cool fire truck. He saw them wearing a cool hat. He saw them with the tank on their back, even if they wasn't doing nothing. Or that he saw them at the Home Depot letting kids look in the back of the truck. That's why he wanted to be a firefighter. So you saying this little girl, did she see her G-string? Did she see those, those <laughs> heels? Did she see the six-inch heels? Did she see the pole? Did she see the stripper pole? And then she said, oh, one day I want to do this. I told you she probably saw uh, any rap video today or she saw Cardi B talking about being a stripper. She saw 
some lady dancing, which dancing means you're having fun. She saw somebody <laughs> handing the lady money, which you want money because money can buy you some candy. And she said, ooh, I want to dance and I want to get money like that lady on that video so, on TV. So she was watching strippers get rained on. And this she is why watching she... watching a, a, a video. And, this and she you... doesn't know about sex and sexualization. So the parents have to teach her. And then Again. she said, mommy, she turned around and said, mommy, since we're watching the stripper show, I want to be a stripper. What is this? <laughs> what is this profession called, mother? And she said, stripping, baby. And she no, said, I want to be a stripper. It's like, oh, you no, want to be a stripper? No, you can no. be anything you want to be when you grow up. <laughs> Did she get the pep talk? Did she get a stripper pep talk? No. Because we can't no, shame. We can't shame strippers no more. So maybe it's okay. It can be anything hey, you, you want to grown, be. If you've grown and that's the decision that you make for yourself, hey, that's you. You've grown. But I think for this little girl, my thought is she didn't know what she was saying. So I'm not that outraged. Like I said, I think the parents have to deal with it. You have to tell, hey, we don't say that. And, and that, but to me, it's just one of those. The parents now got a story for life. They're gonna torture her with that until she's grown. Until she starts stripping. <laughs> and then they gonna say, "You said when you was a little kid that you was gonna be a stripper. Mm-hmm. I always knew you what could I'm, do it." What I'm putting that that little baby's <laughs> gonna be a doctor. She's gonna be a brain surgeon. Oh, she's gonna be a brain gonna surgeon. Play that. Yep. After she <laughs> passes her whatever the brain surgeon test is. Yeah. When she passes it and gets her brain surgeon license, mm-hmm. they're gonna play that little video of when she says she wanted to be a stripper, and everybody's gonna laugh again. Yeah. So. <laughs> What do you think, listeners? Do you think that it's outrageous that this little girl says she need to be a stripper? Do they need to call uh, the the state to come in and take the girl out the house? Do they need to give the parents a whooping? Or is it just a little kid saying something? Let us know what you think. Uh, We don't want to take the kid away. They could just need to take their cell phones or something. Take their cell phones. (laughs) Yeah, they need to be on punishment. (laughs) Put the parents in time out. Yes, please. All right. Well, anything else, Ryan, that you got? No, that's it. If you could tell the people where to find us, we can be up out of here. Yeah, once again, you can find the Black Delegates podcast on Twitter or Instagram at Black Delegates. There's an underscore between Black and Delegates. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at the Black Ryan. You can follow Box Wine Poppy, who's not here with us today, but he will be back next week, Lord willing. He is at Box Wine Poppy. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Ish Creates. That's I-S-H Creates. Also, we are on Facebook at the Black or Black Delegates Pod. And if you want to email us, you want to send us feedback directly. If you want to send us some uh, suggestions for the next show, make sure you email us at the Black Delegates Pod at gmail.com. Ryan, once again, let them know what they can do to help the show. If you want to help the show, what I need you to do is, after you ask your friend, hey, what's the name of your podcast again? And then you tell them, oh, it's called The Black Delegates. And they say, oh, okay, how can I get that? And then you spend all this time text messaging them and emailing back and you say, yeah, here it is. Here's the link to to the Podbean. (laughs) And then they go look it up. Then they listen to the podcast. And after you listen to it, then you say, oh, I really like this podcast. And then you say, hey, if you could, just go ahead and rate it five stars. Leave a comment. And then they say, okay, I'll do that. But what you should do is actually go do that. 
That's all we we'll asking. That's all we asking. We went through all this trouble showing you how to actually start a po- how to do a podcast, how to listen to one, what you can go to, how to find it. The least you could do is give us five stars, just for that type of IT type of service. Yep, yep. And for the the anonymous house guests that I had, you know, they said, "Hey, we're gonna check out the podcast." I told them I had a pod. They they noticed my little uh, sound foam. They're like, "Oh, what's that?" I said, "Oh, I got a podcast." So they said they're gonna listen. So if you guys are out there listening, appreciate you. Go ahead, rate that show, drop that comment, and let us know what you thought. Five stars is is ideal, but if you got four, if you got three, whatever's on your heart, go ahead and leave that. I'm gonna draw the line at four. I like four. But hey, I was like, I like five. Take a three. I'm saying, yeah, yeah we'll I'm not gonna pressure nobody. I hate when people, you know, you go to the car dealership sometime and they like. Uh, you got to leave five stars. Five stars. Oh, yeah. Anything below five is a failure. I got hate when it. Like, if it was no five-star service, I'm not giving you five stars. Yeah, I get so that. I want to I be honest. If that. we one star, leave us one star and let us know how we can be better. Yeah, let's do that. Do that. And then, because I want to see. I want to see what people really say. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then they might boot us off of iTunes and we'll know why because we got 25 one-star reviews. <laughs> this podcast right. sucks. And then oh, I know to stop bad. wasting my time. We just shut it down now. All right. There you go. <laughs> got to get that honest feedback. All right. So shout out to Box Wine Poppy. Like I said, come back safely, man. Uh, get back home. Uh, but yeah, with that, I ain't got nothing else, man. Nothing else. Just remember... When your kids ask you, mommy, what's a stripper? Tell them, baby, that's an adult word. Don't say that again. Don't have them going say to school saying they want to be a stripper. <laughs> say that's where daddy go when he mad at mommy. <laughs> Anything. Just don't let your kids say it. All right. With that being said, we'll see y'all next week. Peace.